We just worship you, Heavenly Father. Lord, we stay unshakable. We stay unmoved. I thank you, Father, that it's that one look that we can keep and hold our attention to. We thank you, Father God. We thank you, Father God, for your, for your ever so present with us. We just take time to wait on you and worship you. We worship you. We worship you, Jesus. We continue in the things of the Spirit. We're unmoved, unshakable, unfettered, wholly relying and depending upon your spirit. And as children of dear light, as, as dear children of your spirit, we're ever ready, to, ready and ever ready and able to receive what you have for your people. Let's say this together. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Do you believe that? I'm telling you, we were, I'm excited about this this evening, tonight. I'm, um, Pastor Molina said, did you, did you drink a lot of coffee? I didn't drink a lot of coffee. I only had a half a cup of coffee and I'm, I'm already lit. And I don't think it's the coffee that's got me lit. And uh, I will say this, that, um, you know, this, this, this evening we really want to stay leaned up and, and posted up and against the Holy Spirit this evening because I believe God's got something for you and I. Amen. 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 Let's open our Bibles this, this evening to 2 Corinthians. Say, I am, I am. lit Amen. on fire. For Jesus, I'm 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 not talking about a partial lip, a, a lit. I like what some things that Reverend Joel used to say. You know, there's there's uh, two flags to the wind. There's trolleyed. Uh, what were the other ones? Um, he, he he named some other things about being full with the Spirit. And uh, there's some things here that that are so important to you and I as believers. And, and let, I want to remind us that, therefore, in like 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, I don't know if I said I, to get there, yeah, I just said 2 Corinthians. But he says, therefore, if any man is in Christ, he is a what? New creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. This evening, I want to talk about, I want to encourage you into no more monkeying around. You hear what I said? No more monkeying around. To be spirit-minded rather than be soul and body-minded. There's, there's too much carnality in the church. There's too much carnality in, in the world. There's too many distractions that keep us from fulfilling that all God has for you and I. And one thing I like when he says that you're a new creature. A new creation. He said old things have passed away. I think sometimes we get we get born again, we get saved, and we're, we're it's it's so alive to us. But many times in the church, we don't tell you what's the next step. And I'm going to tell you that well here at the river and, and Pastor Nancy, we tell you what the next step is. And you know what's that next step? The next step is you walk with God. You walk with God and you learn how to follow His Spirit, follow His plan for your life. I'm I'm telling you right now, 
There's too many people saying, well, you know, Jesus is, we have this great, um, we have this great revival coming up and, um, and it's going to be like this third, this, this next great one is going to be greater than all the other revivals. I go, and then the first thing that went through my mind is, well, what if it isn't what we thought it was? Yeah, yeah, it's going to be that. But what if it's Jesus coming back? What if it's Jesus' return? And we got to ask ourselves, are we ready for his return? Are, are, we, are we playing loosely with our relationship with the Lord? Are, 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 how are we spending our times? Are we redeeming the days? Are we redeeming the time? I'm telling you, there, there, there is something going on in the spirit that I'm telling you, if you are as a believer are just, you know, I, I'm, I'm excited about this revival. I believe it's me. I, I, I see, you know, like what Paul says, you know, I, I, I serve the Lord with fear and trembling. In other words, he could be coming through the door right now. And I best be, I best be, I best be on my best behavior. Not, not no longer uh, uh, living my life how I want to live it. And I think we, we, we think for the next best thing, but the best next best thing is you get prepared for what he has for you. And if we're not prepared for what he has for us, we're not going to get what he has prepared for you and I. I'm telling you, he's got some great things prepared for you and I, but if we're not ready, he'll go down the street and pass it on to somebody else because we weren't ready. Well, pastor, that's, you know, I believe in grace. Well, tell that to the 10, uh, to the 10 virgins. Some were ready and some were not. Some had their, 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 their oil lamps prepared and they had their wicks cut. Their lamps are full and others were not full. They didn't, their spirit man was not ready. Do you hear what I said? So this message is about having a ready spirit, a ready spirit and prepared for what God has for you. So let's open our Bibles to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. I'm telling you, man, I'm, 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 I may be a little fiery today, but I believe me, I'm hoping I'm, it's just going to, as we get into the Word tonight, that we're just going to step into some things that I believe are going to be so important to you, why these next coming, this next coming 60 days, next 90 days, are going to be extremely important to the body of Christ. Yeah. I believe it. Because we need, we need a church that's going to be a church of prayer. Yeah. Not losing its cool about things. Not getting excited about things, not being moved about things, whether, you know, whether it be COVID, whether it be about uh, financial situations that are currently going on, whether it be closures of these places or that places. None of these things move us. None of these things move us. We don't lose our head over it. We don't get excited about it. We don't we don't let our underwear get all bunched up in an uproar. You hear what I said? We don't let things get, get us or move us. And over here in, in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, he says that, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that comes to God must believe that he is and, a, and he is and that he is a rewarder of them who diligently seek him. I want to tell you this morning that you cannot please God outside of faith. Well, I'll do this to please him instead of that. I know he asked me to do that, but right now it's not convenient. No, anything outside of what he told you to do is outside of what he told you to do. You, you could say, well, you know, I'm going to give this money to this person begging for money. And God, 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 God looks to those people who, who blesses the poor. But if you're doing something like that in order to place something more important or maybe what God told you specifically to do, and you're not doing it because you just want to, you're just doing that just to ease your conscience. I'm telling you right now that you, you are short. How you're being very short sighted to what God was wanting to do through you in your life. Too many people are, are you hear the term, you know, uh, robbing Peter to uh, robbing, uh, robbing uh, Peter to pay Paul. In other words, they're shorting somebody. 
You're shorting yourself when you don't, when you don't, when you disobey and you go halfway with God. You, you, it, it's, there's no benefit to you. There's no benefit to the people around you when, you, when, you're, when you're not following the plan of God. Right? Have we not learned that before? When, when there's someone who's on a boat who shouldn't be on the boat and now the boat's sinking. Does that, does that sound like someone familiar to you? I mean, the boat's starting to sinking and, uh, well, oh, I'm not supposed to be on this boat. Uh, the Lord told me to go over there. See, people don't really think about the bigger impact that their lives hold on others when they're not walking things out straight. God, God, God has said, see, the just shall live by faith, right? And you can't please God without faith. Now, that means you have to, you have to trust him. I said, you have to trust him with your life. You have to trust him that he tells you to follow his plan, that there is a blessing on the other side of it. Then you've got to follow. Well, I didn't, there was no big financial breakthrough. It's not always about your financial breakthrough that God wants to touch. Maybe he wants to reach some souls. Maybe he wants to save some people. Maybe he wants to demonstrate some power through you. And it's not always about you being financially blessed. Bless is more than finances. It's, it's, about, it's about sharing the gospel and seeing other people get, get healed and delivered. Right. Amen. And, we, and we far too, lo- far too often are looking at the, show, at the short monetary thing. Money runs out. I don't care how blessed you think you are. You get money and money cometh and money goeth. It, it, it goes sometimes just as quick as you get it, yeah. right? right. It, it all happens at the, at the quick, at the, at the quickness, at the click of a thumb nowadays. Mm-hmm. Just as fast as you got it, and you don't even have to leave your home anymore to buy anything. Right. It's quicker. It's faster. <laughs> yeah. It's quicker and faster to get out of the plan of God than it is to stay in the plan of God. Mm-hmm. I want you to think about that for a moment. Mm-hmm. But one thing he says that it's impossible to please God. I want you to think about that. You cannot please God without trusting him. You cannot please God without relying that he's going to do what he said in his word. I'm telling you, there's no better place than following the plan of God for your life. Even if it doesn't feel like it. Even if it doesn't, even if you feel like you're completely out of your comfort zone. Well, I'm not a student of the Bible. Then become a student of the Bible. You know, sometimes I think we do people a disservice when, when they get born again. We tell them everything's going to be all right, that, that their life is going to be better. No, it's, it's going be, to be better. It's going to be better because you're not going to hell anymore. But now you have a, now you have a road to walk. Right. And it's going to require you to, to let go of those things that brought you to the place that, which you, that you were at originally. Yeah. And too many people want a new life without the sacrifice or the dedication or the consecration to the new life. And I'm telling you, there's no blessing in doing your own thing. You know, I can't do everything I want to do. I mean, I got lucky yesterday. The Lord said it was okay for me to watch a baseball game. Well, yeah, I get to watch one baseball game. And then after I was done with the, the baseball game, I said, okay, you're all done with that. The, the series ends here for you. I said, okay, I'm done with the World Series now. That was it. But you've got to be okay. That God said, oh, what do you mean? I'm going to miss it. I'm going to be checking. No, there's nothing to check anymore. Because I already got the great check on the inside. I already got the late, great lead. Those small things don't move me. Uh-huh. I, I, they, they, they're not such a, a pull or a draw on me that I can't quit and walk away from them. Yeah. If your friends are, 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 are bigger than your Jesus, then you have things out of balance. Yeah. If you're quick to spend more time with them than with the Lord, you're out of balance. If you need them more than you need him, you're out of balance. It's out, it's out, it's out of, out of, it's out of fellowship. 
people think they're in fellowship because they go to church. Well, I go to church on Sunday. I go on Wednesday. We must be all in faith because, you know, we go to church and we do we do holy things. We worship together. Just because you sing a couple songs a, a, a week does not mean that you're walking in the fullness of the light. Yeah. We're to, we are called to walk in the light, Amen. not to walk by the light near the shadow of the light. Right. And I think that's what a lot of people want to do. I, do, I, I don't want to walk in total light, but I want, I want enough light just so I don't bump my knee. That ain't the kind of relationship God wants you to walk in. He wants you to walk in the fullness of his light. That means there is, there is, there is accuracy in the fullness of the light. There is blessing in the fullness of the light. There is clarity in the things of the fullness of that light. Anytime you get out of those things, it brings hardship. It brings, it brings confusion. I mean, people say, well, I'm confused. I'm confused. Well, why are you so confused all the time? Because you ain't renewing your mind with the word of God. And, you're saying, and second, you're always saying that you're confused. You don't know what to, I don't know what to do. I'm confused. Well, how about practicing what they teach you at church? Like use your words, use your mouth, say into this mountain, be thou be removed, be cast into the sea. You, 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 uh, unbelief you come on. You, you old spirit, man, old, old, I crucified you and I'm not crucify you again. Sometimes you got to crucify that flesh again. Mm-hmm. Why does it say crucify the flesh, mortify the, because it likes to come back alive. See people, people like to watch them, 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 uh, zombie movies. But they got a zombie with them every day because it's always just trying to creep its way back in. Trying to rear its ugly head and trying to bite a chunk out of you. Hey, that's what the devil does. Don't, don't think that just because you're born again and you go to, you go to church, that's enough. No, there's more. I said there's more. There's more on the other side. There's more. There's more clarity. There's more understanding. There's more wisdom. There's more, there's more of an anointing that's out there. I'll tell you, man, I, I, you, you can just get so excited about what God is doing Amen. That, you, that you just, you just like, oh my goodness. How, how could you ever say I, you get bored? You can't get bored. There's too much to do to get bored with. And like you've heard me say it before, if, you get, if you're getting bored, you're not doing it right. If you're getting bored, you're not doing it right. If you're doing it right, it becomes alive to you. It becomes real to you. There's there's a fire on the inside that begins to stir. You know, it's like you have your own camp. You have your own camp meeting without ever getting to the camp meeting yourself. Do you hear what I'm saying? Everyone's like, I want to go to the next camp meeting so I can get caught on fire again. Well, what what were your fire should have never have dimmed out from the time you left. All you should have got was your instructions for the next year. Well, can I get a witness? Come on. I mean, there's some people out there. They're just waiting for, well, I just can't wait for this next revival to happen. What about right now? Come on. How about getting that revival going on right now? Quit looking. Well, I don't know why the church, you know, you promise is you're looking to the church for your revival when really you should be looking to the Lord for your revival. In other words, light your own fire. That's why the Bible says, oh, my shikara I mean, I'm telling you right now, there are some folks out right there right now that have got to spend their own time in the word, spending time with the Lord so that they can grow and, and develop in the things of God. Because ain't nobody going to be there sitting there growing with you or growing for you. Mm-hmm. Ain't nobody going to get up in the morning and hold your hand and lead you to prayer. Right. That's your job. It's your job. Yeah. Well, if God drops it in my heart. No, you, see, it's in the B-I-B-L-E. It tells you to have uh, direct communicate, a direct fellowship and communication with him. Yeah. It talks about if you're not even in, and have as a church, if I, if I don't have a, if we don't have direct connection with the fellowship as a local body, you know, we, our candle will be put out. 
And we'll all be in a dead church and not even know it. And yet we're doing a lot of, we're doing a lot of Christian stuff. We're feeding the poor. We're, we have, we have, we, we send out, we send out missionaries and, and we sacrifice and we, and we, but we've forgotten Jesus. You can't have a relationship and forget Jesus. You can't, you can't have, you can't have fellowship and forget Jesus in the fellowship. He's got to be there. He has to be there first. You've got to meet the Holy Spirit with him and meet God there because they're living right there on the inside of you. And they desire to have constant fellowship with you and I. And in 2 Corinthians 9 verse 6 says this. And I know this talks about giving, but I, I, I really felt that it was so, how shall I say, um, it was so now. It was a, such a now moment that I was like, this, this is the Lord. Because, you know, when we read uh, Luke and we talked about giving, it shall be given to you, pressed down, shaken together, running over, and men shall be given your bosom. What are we talking about? We're talking about love, right? Right? And we know we're talking about love. Yet we use that scripture for finance. And yes, you can use that for scripture for that scripture for, for finance, because that is a that is a biblical truth, right? Like there's 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 biblical laws that are in in, in function. And right now, here in 2 Corinthians 9, 6, there is biblical truth. There is biblical laws and principles here that are at work. Amen. And it says in verse 6, it says, But this I say, he who sows sparingly shall reap also sparingly. Let's rephrase it this. He who sows to his spiritual life sparingly will also reap sparingly. How, how, how dare we expect more if we don't put any effort? How, how dare we have a welfare mentality with the things of God? And, you know, and, and, and there's times where God moves with mercy and compassion and his grace is to pull us out because you know, we, we are ignorant to a certain level and he'll meet us there because he's, he's, he's helping us. He's, he's, he's guiding, he's leading us into a higher way of living. But he didn't call you to stay a child. He called you to grow. He called you to come to adulthood. He, he tried to say, hey, quit, quit being a child. Quit, put away that tricycle. Didn't he say, when I was a child, I spoke as a child, and therefore I put childish things away. Therefore, I no longer speak as a child. Come on. So that means if, if, if we're no longer to speak as a child, then we are to start sowing to our spiritual growth and our spiritual maturity. There's no more monkeying around with the things of God. You know, that's why people, they go to church and they, they get saved and they get born again and they get water baptized and all of a sudden they disappear because they think that's, that's going to be to the best of their salvation. And, and, but really, that's a huge detriment because really there's more than just that. That's right. There's fellowship. Yes. There's, there are snares of the enemy that are out there. That if you're not aware and you're not walking close with God and you're just kind of living how you want to do, kind of just, you know, I'm just, I'm just a kid. I'm just a child. I'm just retired. You know, I, I, these things aren't as important to me as because, you know, I run into folks on one, out there witnessing. Well, I remember when I was excited about God as I used to. No, if you were ever as excited as God as I was, you never would have left. Do you hear what I said? Because once you fall in love with Jesus, you don't want to go back. You don't want to go back because you see what God has done. Oh, I'm telling you, God has done so much for you and I. Why would I want to go back? I get so many answers in church. I get so many answers where I'm, I, with my, my connection, my spiritual connection. Why would I want to go back? I've got so much to be excited for, so much to look forward to. And you do, too. I said, you do, too. So that's why we've got to be good students of the word of God. Because there's so much more to living a Christian life than just getting by. Yeah. Well, I go to church during the holidays. 
That's not enough. I grew up Catholic. That's what that was our holidays. That's when we saw us in church. Christmas, Thanksgiving, Easter, and maybe if somebody died or, or maybe there was a, a baby dedication of some sorts or a baptism or, or whatnot. And, and your relationship ought to be more than that. Your relationship ought to be more than that. Your dedication to God should be more than just something fair weather because eventually you're going to need answers. Eventually you're going to need to know who should I marry. Eventually you're going to need to know where should I work. And where are you going to get those answers if, if not by the plan of God and, and through the word of God being shared through those who are ministering to you and, and your flow or whatever camp that you may be in. That's why it's so important to stay connected. Because if you so sparingly end to that, you're not going to get any, a lot of it. That's why people, well, I don't, I've been in this church and I don't seem to get any, anything out of it because you ain't put nothing in it. Well, come on. Come on. Come on. And every man according to his purpose in his heart. Verse 7, it says, and then, and then it says this, it says, every man according as he purpose in his heart. So let him give, not grudgingly or necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. God loves a cheerful person who's on fire for God, who wants to go after God, who's not having to be, persu- not having to be begged to come to church. Who's not, who's not having to be begged to be worshipped. My wife never has to beg me to kiss her. It just comes naturally. <laughs> she never has to beg me. She never has to beg me to hold her hand. She never has to beg me to... Uh, if she had to beg me, do you think she would feel the love? No, after a while she'd like, come on, brother, kick rocks. I ain't, I ain't going to be loving on you, Mr. Prickly Bush. Come on, right? I'm not saying we don't have our moments. My goodness, but you and I, I'm telling you right now, you and I, we should, we should, there should be some heart in what it is that we do. Well, I I don't have that fire. Well, then say you start saying you have that fire. Like I said, speak on that mountain, speak into that heart of yours. Heart, you are on fire. Heart, you have a passion, a deep passion for the things of God. Heart, you desire to follow the plan and the purpose of God. When you get up in the morning, You say, I will fulfill the plan of God for my life. I will be sensitive to the voice of the things of God. His will is my bread. It's my meat to do the will of the Father. I am a child of covenant. Come on. And I like what Isaiah 119 says, if you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. You'll eat the good. People are so worried about getting theirs. That tells you how carnal you are. You're always worried about what you get. It's what I get. No, there's more to serving God than what you get or what you have. That's flesh-minded. It's flesh-minded. My my next car. Flesh-minded. Now, God wants you to have a nice car and nice things. Don't don't get me wrong. But that that shouldn't be the thing that consumes you 24 hours. Just all night long, just zipping and looking at cars, just looking at the same car. You know, I had one car that I started to do that with, and the Lord said, that's enough. I'm like, okay, put my phone away. Yeah. Got to be careful that you don't obsess on things. Yeah. Things that take your attention. Right. Things that leave you from your, the walking in the fullness of God's plan. Mm-hmm. Boy, you'll miss out on some things. Yeah. I said, you'll miss out on the anointing of God that's due on your life. Because there are, there are anointings, there are mantles that God has called us to walk in and walk out, but they will not fall on you like ripe cherries. They, they must be pursued. They must be sought after. They must be, you must, you must cling to the people that are going to help bring that about in your life. But if you're out there doing lollygagging, doing what you want to do, it ain't going to come. 
I remember some number of years ago, I was in a church and they asked, they asked the, the, the guest minister asked, how many people here are, are, do you believe that you're called in the full-time ministry? I'm going to tell you, this is probably the most saddest. 80% of the people in there raised, rose their hand. 80% in that, that local church. And that was a church of like 6,000. And I'm like, called? I'm not looking. I ain't ever seen you serve in church. I've been in church here for years, and I know you felt you had a call of God. If you had a call of God, why ain't you serving him? I always tell people, man, if you want to date my girls, you better be doing two things. You must be seeking and serving God and going after him full, full heartedly. And if you ain't tithing, Jack, you better step back. Do <laughs> you hear what I said? If you ain't tithing, you're a God robber and you ain't going after my girls. I'll let you up. I'll let you know up front, including my son, ladies. <laughs> Because I got a good looking boy. I do. And he's going to serve God like he should. And, and, like, and you're going to serve God like you should. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. So in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. Boy, I tell you, man, I sense the presence of God all over me right now. <laughs> Holy cow. I come down the stairs and Pastor Melissa, why are you yelling? I go, I, I'm not yelling. She goes, this is like a constant thing with us. I'm a loud person, so I just talk loud all the time. Oh, Lord, have mercy. But my daddy, you always, my dad, if you hear him, my dad goes, you could always hear him whispering down the street. <laughs> True story. You could hear him whispering a mile away. Which verse I tell you to go to yet? First Thessalonians chapter five. First Thessalonians chapter five, verse 23. Say amen when you get there. Amen. Well, I'm not going to give you any time. We're just going to go there. Amen. Now, now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and your whole spirit, soul and body be preserved, be preserved blameless at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. What is this talking about? No monkeying around. If you want the fullness of God, you're going to have to learn to start to separate between that which is of the flesh, that which is of the spirit and that which is of the soul. You're muddying up the waters if you're just putting the whole thing together. You are a spirit person first and foremost. This is your shell. That is not who you are. I said, this is your shell. That is not who you are. Yeah. You are a child of the most high God. Right. You were made in the likeness and the image of the heavenly father right. above. So why would you cheapen it by, by putting anything else on it? That's right. Mm. Come, on. Come on. There are some folks right now that God wants to use. Mm -hmm. We can complain about what's not happening in the church or what's not going on in the churches right now. Why complain? What's going on with you? Maybe if we, maybe if you were doing what God called you to do, we wouldn't have the shortage in, that, that you're, you're complaining about. Maybe if you lived up to be the godly person God called you to be, there, there wouldn't be all these problems. You know, it's, 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 it's a funny thing. It's like watching Monday Night Football and telling the quarterback should have done this and he should have done that and he should have done this. He's making a lot of mistakes. You ain't playing the game. You ain't engaged. Come on. And he said, and I think I like about the scriptures is he talks about the three-part man here in Second and First Thessalonians. There's a three-part man. So in order for to walk in the fullness of God, you have got to get to the point where you're more spiritually minded than earthly minded. Yeah. Now, I've heard people used to say this, and it used to bug me. It still bugs me, and I still don't like it now. They used to say that people are so spiritual minded that they're no earthly good. No, if you're spiritually minded... You mind the things and the followings of the promptings of the spirit. You're, you're mindful of these things. 
Now, I understand what they're saying is that you spend more time in things in the spirit, but you're not working. But no, that's not true. If you're doing the word, you're always going to be doing what the Lord called you to do, whether it be a job, whether it be driving a truck, whether it be doing the laundry, whether it be being a mother, whether it be being an engineer, whether it be being a pastor or church, you're mining to the business of the father. So that's being spiritually good. It's being spiritually aware of what God created you and made you to be. Come on, because we've, we've got to be spiritually minded. We've got to be spiritually minded. In other words, my, my mental man wants to go out right now and run down, the, uh, down and maybe grab a, ba- a bag of chips and watch the baseball game. My mind wants to run and go out and go down and run to the park and just hang out and feel the cool breeze in my hair. My mind right now wants to go out there. See, your mind has a lot of things. that Your natural mind has a lot of things it wants to do. But your spirit man wants to sit in front of that word. Your spirit man wants to get healed and delivered and set free. Your spirit man sees the goodness of God and wants more of that. Woo! Come on! Tell you, come on. come on! I'm telling you, he's coming back, church. Yeah, he's coming back. Uh-huh. So don't live like he ain't coming back tomorrow, because he could be coming back tomorrow. Come on, he could be coming back tonight. He could be coming back right now as I'm teaching and I'm preaching. And I tell you right now, I don't want to compromise and, and say, well, why did you compromise this? And well, you could have had this, but you didn't walk in the fullness because you were so riddled with compromise. You wouldn't listen to my voice. And I had so much more for you. Wow. Man. I want to run with it. I want to run with it. Run with the plan. Run with what he's got for me and you. Come on. I can't run your race for you. Only you, my pastor, he, pre, he studies, he does all that stuff for me. No, he don't. You know, he, he does that for the body. Mm-hmm. What he's doing is he's giving you a little bit of medicine, give you a little bit of gas so that you can go fill up yourself. Mm-hmm. So you can get yourself up to the gas station yourself. So you can learn to have a, a real relationship with the Lord versus one of these fake relationships. Mm-hmm. You've like, like you've never been in a fake relationship where you, you, you pretend like you love somebody and you, do, you don't really love them like you should love them. And the only reason why you, you go out with them is because all you want is company. Well, I tell you, I, I, I wouldn't want to do that to anybody, uh, anybody, because you're misusing that relationship. You're, you're hurting the body of Christ when you do stuff like that. Just out dating to date. Mm-mm. I don't date to, when I met Pastor Melina, she didn't, she didn't date me to date. She looked at me like, am I going to marry him? And if I'm not going to marry him, I'm not going to date him. And thank God she made that decision to marry me. Because <laughs> she done hit the lotto when she did. Oh. No, I, <laughs> no I, I, I mean, it's talk about the blessing of the Lord when you yeah. follow the plan of God. What a plan to follow the plan of God. Yeah, that's right. Let's yeah. open our Bibles to Hebrews chapter 4, verse 11. Amen. Because, you know, there are things God has for us, but sitting around, we ain't going to get into it until we make some movement on some things. Amen. That's right. And that's what we're going to talk a little bit right now. Because we're not monkeying around anymore. Right. We're, ta- we're showing up to the gym and not phoning it in. That's right. You know what a phone in? I, like, I didn't know what a phone in. I had to ask my daughter, what's a phone in? You know, you show up at the gym. You're walking. You're not really cr- cutting a sweat. You're just sitting there to socialize. I say, I think, I, think, I go, I looked at her. Have you been watching me at the gym? <laughs> Hebrews chapter 4, verse 11 says this. It says, let us therefore be diligent to enter that rest. Oh, man, you're saying that there's going to, this sounds like work for rest. 
For rest, diligence. You know, if you work hard now, later on in life, you know, you won't have to work as hard later. There's some people that get to retire. I'm just using that as, an, as an, a bit of an analogy right now. Because there's people who aren't doing the spiritual work to enter into the rest that God has for them. They're not spending time in the Word on healing. They're not spending the Word on finances. They're not spending the Word on following God's plan. They're not following the Word on how to be led by the Holy Spirit. They're, and yet, those things sit there. And they hear about, yeah, I heard that, but you know, it just don't work for me. It not working for you is not the same as you actually doing it. You have to do it in order for it to work for you. It just doesn't, it doesn't fall on you like ripe cherries. You've, you've got to be a doer of the word. Right. I don't know what we've been, we've been majoring on this doing, being a doer of the word for a while, but I'm telling you, there, there's no more playing church. There's no more just playing like we're just trying to be the relevant church. We're just trying to be relevant. Which is ridiculous. Jesus was never relevant. Ooh, I can't believe you. No, he wasn't. He didn't, have, he didn't have to look like the drunks. He didn't have to look like the prostitutes. He was a holy man and everybody was drawn to him because he was relevant to the Father. He, was, he, he did what the Master told him to do. He spoke where God told him. That made him a light. Yeah. That's right. A place where people came to. Yeah. He didn't have to relate to the world to be relevant. Sweet Jesus, I tell you, I could preach on that for one for a little bit because I tell you, we 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 do the word a disservice by entering or allowing worldliness to enter into our our lifestyle. Yeah. We we do ourselves a great disservice, and sometimes we've got to you know you ever just do something worldly, you're like, oh my gosh, I wish I didn't. You just repent, Be, repent, just repent if you've been doing the wrong thing too long. Now I know if you're sitting here watching on a Wednesday night, you probably ain't doing anything wrong, so I'm probably not even talking to you. Come on. He says, but let us be diligent, lest anyone fall short of the same example of disobedience. In other words, he says, you can still fall short. I, I do not want to fall short. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and as a discerner of those of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. I love this portion portion of scripture because it, it talks about how there's this, this, this division, but more importantly, it says it is a piercing that even that's even to able to separate even the things that we think are impossible to separate. And that's your word of God. It does. Did you know when, when the Romans train their, their warriors, they train them not to, to swing the sword and just go with a slashing motion. They, te they, they teach them to stick that thing forward, to pierce through. Your, God is, your word of God is there to pierce through through your enemy. Cut right through those things that are, that are difficult for you to understand so that you may get and have the victory that you need. Yeah, amen. I tell you, that really did something to me. Because when you have an understanding what the word of God is there for, what the spirit of God is there doing, it, it, it's not there just to just say, oh, I'm going to cut it in half and make a nice little sandwich for you. No, it's there to bring to ruin the plans of the enemy. Yeah, come on. It's there to bring the plans, the, the ruin of the enemy's work against you. It's a two-edged sword able to divide between soul and spirit so that you're not confused from what is carnal and what is spiritual. I tell you. So, you don't, so reading this, you don't have to be confused. And, 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 and it's so dangerous to play dumb. Well, I didn't know. I, well, you've heard it for years. I, I don't know. 
I don't, I hear what you're saying, but I, I, I don't understand it. I don't see it like that. That's, that's what we call throwing up a blind eye. You don't ever want to be the one who throws up a blind eye and, or shirk your responsibility from the things of God. Because God has a plan for your life, brother and sister. He has a plan for your life. And it's a good plan. It's, it's not grievous. It's not hard. It's not full of torment. It's not oppression. Come on. It's, it's separation from darkness. Come on. I tell you, we serve a, you, you serve a good God. Man. And there's no... Crit- oh, you, right when you think it can't get any better, Paul gets it, does it even better. Not only is he a discerner of the hearts, and there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open to his eyes, to him to whom must give an account. In other words, God sees our excuses. He sees our reasons. He knows even the honest. Um, he even knows people. Well, God understands. He even understands the things that you think he may not understand. He understands. But he also understands there's a responsibility for of you and I to walk out the plan of God. And excuses as well, God understands I couldn't get it done, is far different from, no, I wasn't going to, I didn't plan to do it. I wasn't going to do it. But God understands that, you know, I'm a carnal bucket. Yeah, he understands your carnal bucket, but he doesn't excuse your carnality. Mm-hmm. Moving right along. Come on. <laughs> we'll, just keep, we'll just keep moving past that one because we'll just let that one simmer a little round for a little while. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. Man, I am lit. Man, I, feel like I, I feel like I got my own little song going on right now in my spirit, man. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. It says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All these things shall be added unto you. See, not, not, if you do more seeking, you'll get more adding to you anyways. So why are you trying to, trying, to, trying, to, trying to follow God's plan for a wife or follow God's plan for some more money or follow God's plan for a new job? Why don't you just start following and seeking him? Then these things will be added unto you. Then the clarity will come on something. See, sometimes we get out of clarity because we're getting ahead of the light. I feel like Shaquille O'Neal playing basketball. We get ahead of the light. The light is here. It's on the plan. We get ahead of the plan because we have our own plan. And then we're in darkness and we expect an answer. But there's no answer in darkness. There's only bruising. There's only problems in darkness. And the Bible talks about a thief in the darkness who steals, kills, and destroys. And you can't afford to go or suffer a loss because you didn't listen to the plan of God. When you follow out of the plan of God, you've got to ask yourself, how am I willing to fund this sin? How am I willing to fund, fund this going ahead of God plan? Because I'll tell you what, going ahead of God is not, is not helpful. It's never helped me. I know it's never helped you. I know plenty of times where I've walked ahead on things. And I'm like, Lord, I just wish I would have slowed down. See, there's nothing wrong with slowing down. There's nothing wrong with slowing down. There's no hurry to be in a hurry. It's the devil that pushes. It's the devil that pushes now, now. If you don't buy this today, it's gonna, it won't be here tomorrow. Do it now. Because this, you, this, this, this will also take a long time. No. Seek first the kingdom of God, then all these things will be added unto you. Yeah. Seek first. Seek first. And besides, you may not even want it anyways. You ever bought something and you're like, why did I buy this thing? You have it for five seconds, you look at it, what? 
And then it just sits there for years or when you put it in some box and it just sits there and it just sits there and you're like, man, I bought this and I really had to have it. And now I have it. It just sits in a box. Sometimes it's, it's a good thing just to return something that you get. Like, you know what? I'm not, and it's in its package. I'm not saying you wear it and then you return it. I'm saying, and if you wore it, you own it now. But if you bought something and you're looking at it, like, why do you even get this thing? Take it back. You're not, you're not beheld into it. You got the receipt. You didn't open it. You didn't use it. And if they take it back, let them take it. And, and they take it back. Great. But don't be a hostage anymore to the devil oppressing you and pushing you getting you into things that you shouldn't be getting yourself into. Because he's always trying to push you. If you don't get in this relationship now, you'll, you may never know when the next relationship is going to come. Boy, I tell you, that devil likes, that's his, one of his favorite MOs right there. Amen. James 1.21 says, says this. James, 20, James 1 verse 21 says this. Therefore lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your what? souls. Now I want to point out something to you. Your mind is born again and saved. And James is talking to the church. Thus we can, we can include that he's not just talking about your spirit because he knows that you're born again, but he's talking about your souls. What is he referring to your souls? He's talking about, he's talking about your mind, your mind, your will and emotions. That's what he's referring to. Now, what is that engrafted word? Well, simple. It's receiving the word where there used to be something that operated a certain way, you cut it off and then you put something back on it. That's the word. And then you get a new branch. Yeah. But in order for you to get that new branch, you have to cut out the old. That's the secret to walking in the spirit. If you want something of the spirit, you're going to have to cut off the mortal deeds of the flesh. You're going to have to cut off and receive the engrafted thing of God, the grafted word of God that helps you able to reach out and lay hold of things by spirit. But you cannot do it by your flesh, man, because every time you do it by the flesh, man, it counts. It, it, there's a cost. There's a price. And then every time you do it, it steals from you. It takes away from you. And you feel, you feel like your spirit is just shrinking. And if, every time you do that, when you're doing outside, you, you, you die every moment you do that. Because you're not, you're not taking opportunity to live by that spirit man that God created you to be. You're, create, you're created to be a spirit man. So take that word, put it in your heart, and let that word help you lay a hold of the promises of God. Because that is engrafted word, which is able to save your mind. In other words, I'm going to put away this old way of, of having to um, criticize, put down other people, to gossip against them so I can get ahead of them. Do you hear what I said? I can put that down now because now I'm, I'm going to do things to encourage. Hey, you're doing a good job. Good job, man. We make a great team, right? Because yeah. I'm following the things of the spirit. I'm not doing things on my own way. I'm not doing things on my own account. I'm doing things God's way. I'm holding his love, his patterns, his ways, and his truth. Amen. 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 I tell you, there's so much more for the body of Christ. Yeah. If, we just get, if we just let go of that, that, that man wanting to do what it wanted to do. There's a fire on the inside of you. There's a fire that burns right now. I'm telling you, there's people at home right now. You know you have a fire. And you just, you need to attend to that fire. You have a fire on the inside of you. And sometimes it looks like there's just a little bit of smoke. Sometimes it just feels like there's a little flicker. But all you have to do is just add to that flame. 
Just a little bit of word. Just a, a little bit more word. Just a little bit more word. Just one hour, two hours, three hours. And before you, and then you're spending time in the Holy Ghost. And before you know it, you spend hours in the Holy Ghost. And before you know it, you're, you're, you're following in the things of the Spirit and you're seeking Him. And then all these things are being added to you. But then you're, I like, I like what Brother Hagin said. You got to be careful for the three G's if you ever want to be used by God. He said, gold, girls, and the glory. Money, lust, money, lust, and what was the last one? Pride, glory, pride. Because it's not you, it's him that worketh through you. It's you just following the planet, not throwing up pride. I know we've talked about that here recently, but I feel like that's really important nowadays because everybody's trying to get ahead and trying to show off what they don't really have. What they really have is a note. What they really have is debt. Well, I'm going to move along. James chapter 4, verse 7 says, Therefore submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Come on, you have to live a life of resisting. If you want to be used by God, if you want the fire of God in your life, if, if you want to stop monkeying around, you, you're, you're going to have to submit yourself to God. That, that way you can resist the devil. You can't resist the devil by just resisting the devil. Proof is in the pudding. You got to submit to God. Well, I just, you know, I'm just going to, I'm just going to, I'm just going to quit cold turkey. Not without God. I mean, you can do it as a natural person, maybe quit smoking tobacco. I don't know. I, I, I didn't do it on my own. Just God set me free. Yeah. And I recognize it wasn't me. It was, it was God setting me free from tobacco. Yeah. You know, Pastor Marcus used to, yeah, he used to smoke cigars. And I'll tell you what, it's a terrible habit. It'll keep you in bondage for years. And it took me years to get off that thing. Took me years, and it, and it shouldn't have to take me years, but it, because I liked it. Yeah. And you can get set free. Yeah. Right. Amen. Amen. One of my favorite scriptures, and it, I'm getting close to wrapping things up, but it's found here in Psalms 23, verse 3. It says, He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for His name's sake. Notice this, that He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness. He restores and He leads me. There's a restoration, but there's also a leading. And we must follow those leadings if we were to ever get into that restoration that God has ever so promised to you and I. Yeah. Oh, I tell you, there's some, there's some good times ahead of you, folks. There's, 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 there's miracles that could happen right now in your home, in your churches, in your, in your cars, at, at your work, at your employment. Wherever you may be, God is there, ready, ever ready to meet you wherever you're at. But it's going to require your participation. Yeah. It's going to require you saying, you know what? I'm done playing games. Yeah. I'm done playing church. Yeah. You, you've got, uh, you know, I remember going to Bible college over in Seattle. And, you know, you saw the ones that were serious and the ones that weren't serious. And the ones that seri weren't serious, you know, later on in life, you saw the, you see the ramifications of that, not being serious about it. But those who, who took it seriously, you could see the, over the years, the people that I've known who really took these things seriously are still plugging along, still on fire for God, still ever so excited. But we can't lose sight about why things aren't happening around us. We must keep ourselves responsible and accountable to following the plan of God for ourselves. I like what, I like what Brother Hagin said. He says, you'll never, you'll never make your light brighter by putting another man's out. Boy, I'll tell you what, that'll jerk the slack out of you every time. And God wants to jerk some of that slack out of us. You know, when he comes back, the Bible talks about him coming back for a bride 
unspotted, unwrinkled, unfettered. In other words, that you see a beautiful iron dress. Well, God's working out some of them wrinkles tonight. He's bringing us into a place of maturity, a place of love, a place of grace, a place of hope, because he knows that if, if we continue in doing his word, we will succeed in doing what he's promised us to do. Amen. How have you got blessed tonight? You know, I, I'm telling you, I got blessed when I got this message. And, you know, when I got the download of this, and like I said, I just got so excited. And, and uh, maybe this message, I, you know, I, I don't take the message oftentimes for people as much as I do for myself. You know, I, I often preach more to myself than the people. Well, that was kind of a hard message. I go, well, it was, it was for me. If you don't feel like it was for you, that's fine. Well, I'll just, it's, I'll take it for me. I'll take it from these messages that I preach for myself any day of the week because I'm trying to help not only myself, but I also want to be a, uh, um, I also want to be someone who's a help to the body. Amen. We've got to be a help to the body. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Amen. So with that said, I just want to encourage those of you who are at home, um, you know, stick to the plan of God. Don't feel like that's ever something too far from you. You can do it. The enemy would lie to you, said, you, you, well, you, you weren't, we weren't raised that way. You've never been like that. You know, you can make the choice. I've seen people over the years make the choice. I'm just going to be on fire for God. I'm just tired of mediocrity. I'm just tired of living the same old, same old. I, I, I know that if I don't get the answer now, 20 years, 30 years, 40 years will go by and I won't walk out the promise of God. That can happen. Moses proved that out. He jumped ahead of God, killed a man because he thought he was going to start enforcing God's plan for his life. And he ended up in exile as a result of that. We don't want to get ahead of God. We want to be with God on the plan of God. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, I love you. We love you. And we'll see you Sunday. Amen? Amen. Amen.